Welcome into the Get in the Hole podcast. Stephen McAvoy, John Mavalia. We're here with you on a terrific Tuesday. If you're listening later on Wednesday, Thursday, somewhere within the tournament, it, it is the Memorial Week here on Get in the Hole. So again, Stephen McAvoy, John Mavalia here with you as always here in the underground power today and always by the good people over at Tomahawk Shades, the best premium small batch brand in the industry. You style profile from the T to the 18th green and beyond. Thank you for joining us. Wherever you may be and however you are listening, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Get in the Hole and sorry, Get in the Hole Pod and at Facebook.com backslash Get in the Hole. And of course, find our content literally all over the underground Twitter and Instagram at Underground PHI, Facebook.com backslash Underground Sports PHI, and Twitch.tv backslash Underground Sports PHI. And all over the Streamerverse, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, wherever you are listening and wherever you get your favorite podcast, we are all. There, finally, we're on YouTube. Just shy of the 200 follower mark. Be sure to go like and subscribe. Just search Underground Sports Philadelphia in your YouTube search bar, and you'll be able to find all content from anything, from soccer to streaming to football. Literally, whatever you want, we have it. You name it, even lacrosse, we got it all. Um, once again, Stephen John here, as per usual, every week on the PGA Tour, giving you the news, analysis, and bets. What more can you want? Of course, follow us on our personals, even though it's full of Rangers Twitter right now. It'll certainly get more golf as the uh, season rolls on. You can follow me on Twitter and the gram at Stephen McAvoy underscore. You can find John on Twitter at I Make Pars. Once again, Stephen John right here. John, how the hell are you? I'm doing very well, man. I'm doing very well. We got another another week of good golf ahead of us. Um, yeah, I'm doing good, bro. I, I'm assuming if you got food on a plate and you're sitting in front of a camera, you're doing well for yourself. Well, Anytime my stomach is full, I'm a pretty happy guy, as you know. Oh, yeah. I know that. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the same way, man. I'm the same way. I'm still eating five meals a day. Actually, probably probably down to four meals a day at this point. I, I, I didn't eat I didn't eat as much as I normally do this, uh, this past week. But I'm averaging over the last two months probably like four and a half meals a day. Yeah, I, I've been eating salads uh, every day at work and consuming probably more coffee to uh, – to keep Manhattan awake, even though it's pretty, uh, it's pretty apparent that New York never sleeps. Now that now that it's Steve McAvoy, especially on a uh, a big golf day, John. Before we get into anything, I I saw this um, following the playoff uh, this past week at, at Colonial, and and we'll, we'll get into the recap. We'll get into all the juicy details, but obviously Sam Burns won. We'll talk about him in a minute. But to celebrate, Sam Burns went to Bucky's, and obviously you live down in uh in Texas. You, going to SMU what's your what's been your experience like at Bucky's because I hear it's like an over exorbitant Wawa it's yes um my experience with it I've I've been to a a Bucky's probably somewhere definitely under five times more than two times some somewhere somewhere in somewhere in that range all right um it's basically like if, if they tried to make Wawa the size of a Walmart for no reason at all, that's no just, way. That's just what it is. And I hate Wawa. So imagine if you made Wawa like ten times bigger. I, I hate I hate Bucky's just as much as I hate Wawa. I'll give Bucky's a slight edge though, um, simply because they do have a they have way more to offer. Um, they have nice bathrooms if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, bunch of bunch of spots to fill up for guests. So. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give uh, Bucky's the slight edge there. So you wouldn't go to Bucky's 
after you won a golf tournament, right? No, that would no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go there. But I, I, I think me and Sam Burns think a little bit differently. That's for sure. I think we think we had some slight uh, technical difficulties there. Would you go to a Bucky's if you won a golf tournament, like immediately following it? Oh, absolutely not. No, no. I was, I was saying that me and me and Sam Burns, we don't we don't think alike right there. I wouldn't I wouldn't be going to a, a, a freaking Bucky's if, if I won in any any kind of, of golf event on any tour, um, whether it be the PGA tour or some some random tour uh, in the Dakotas or something like that. I would I would I would go to uh, I'm not even going to say where I would go. So let's just leave it at that. Well, you were a big taco guy back in Texas, right? Oh, you love tacos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love I love I love tacos. Taco there's a, if you if you find if you, really any area, especially in Dallas, but I'm I'm assuming any area in, in Texas, if you if you go to a couple taco places, you're gonna find one that stands out and that's just gonna be the go-to. So 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 your place would obviously be tacos. Quite clearly, Sam Burns' place is just so happens to be Bucky's. I know he went to LSU. I don't know how many uh how many Buckies are down are down in the, in the Louisiana area? But I gotta just pull up this photo because, like he he looks so at peace with himself, following a big win like that. Hold on, you give it one second. Oh my God, I need permission. Oh, whatever, screw it. So yeah, so Sam Burns went to Buckies uh, immediately. What you could very very much see, he, he's got a phone charger in hand, a bagel, and some sort of hot beverage. Uh, seems seems over the moon. Him and his wife, Sam Burns. Uh, obviously, out Scotty Scheffler in, in a one-hole playoff. So, like a big, fat 38-footer uh, off the green for the bird. Did it also in a playoff at the Valspar. He's not a 32-footer uh, for that first part. So, he gets the win over Scotty Scheffler. And Scotty, on the other hand, instead instead of going to Bucky, he's like a typical champion, he, has, he had to rush, rush to a wedding for his sister-in-law. Made it just in time. And now, uh, apparently, there's a, there's a, a new thing that, that, that began at the wedding. Uh, everyone's now. All his fans are called Scotty's Thotties. What do you think of that? That's amazing. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's the first time I'm hearing that. Yeah, yeah um, no, I don't. I don't think there's there's a better other than Gooch Gang. Actually, that might be better than Gooch Gang. I'm not going to lie. Scotty's Thotties. Really yeah, that might be. That might be. That might be way better. And I'm pretty sure Scotty uh, Scheffler is a God fearing man who's happily either married or engaged. Um, so that makes it ten times funnier. I'm pr- like the problem with Scotty's thoughties though. It, it reminds me too much of Scott's tots, the episode from uh, from the Office. Not that that? Yeah, it does. Pretty yeah, iconic episode. So like it, it reminds me a little too much of that. I think Gooch Gang. We're kind of uh, I cannot wait until, until the Ryder Cup comes around. And hopefully, Gooch gets good enough that he manages to make the uh, make the roster for the USA because all of us are going to be going crazy for uh, for the Gooch Gang. But so Sam Burns takes down Scotty Scheffler. Is the is only one of two players next to, of course, Scotty Scheffler to have three wins on the PGA Tour season. So our big lead story here coming out of Colonial is obviously about the man, the mythologian Sam Burns, t- took home a win, second event of the year at the Sanderson Farm Invitational, got his second win at the Dallas Bar, obviously going back-to-back. And now this week at Colonial, is it safe to say Sam Burns might be having the most low-key, like, best season ever for a player like this? Consider, like... You, usually, guys have three wins. You kind of know about it. Like I, I know last year, we we're talking about how like four guys at, at one juncture had had two wins. It was like Cantlay, Stewart, Sink, Bryson, and somebody mm-hmm. else. But like, yeah, no one has talked about Sam Burns, and now this guy's top ten 
top 10 in the world once again after his first time around when he won the Valspar last year. It This is ridiculous. Yeah, I'm see, I, I, I normally don't. I feel like we see eye to eye with these type of things, but this time I, I definitely do. Uh, there's, it's definitely not being talked about enough, the success that Sam Burns is having. Um, probably mostly because of Scotty Scheffler and how he's just basically – Tear, tearing up the PGA Tour this season and, and doing things that we couldn't even fathom after not having a win uh, in his entire PGA Tour career um, and a big, big breakout year. It's hard not to talk about it as much as everyone is. Um, but Sam Burns, uh, he's he's having, I wouldn't call it a breakout season. I would say last season was his breakout season, but he's yeah. he's piling up another solid, another elite season on top of his uh, his breakout year last year, and that's only gonna loft him up the world rankings. He's gonna he's gonna climb him, and he's gonna climb him pretty fast. Um, he's he has all parts of his game. One of those type of players that we talk about who really doesn't have a weakness in his game. Um, he could he could do it all uh, on the green and off the green, t two green as well. So yeah, Sam Burns is having a very very low key elite season, and it shouldn't be low key anymore after this. Yeah, we're not. Well, I mean, last year, I believe Patrick Cantlay was the number one player in the world, obviously, and had four wins, um, two of them coming uh, in the final two weeks of the year at, at the BMW and, and the Pro Championship. Now we have Scotty, who, who has four, only now following the PGA, and on top of that, Sam Burns, who has three already uh, and is edging out most guys. I'm looking at his numbers here. has missed five cuts this year at the Byron Nelson, the Masters, the Genesis, the Waste Management, and the Farmers. Outside of that, has only one event outside of the top 20 that was at the players he finished 26th and obviously you and i both know that the players were sort of an outlier due to, due to the um weather, the weather. So yeah sam burns like i don't like no one's talking about it and i think it's, it's absolutely ludicrous and it's uh again yeah you and i usually don't see eye to eye on these things it's kind of uh insane to see a guy of his mm -hmm. caliber um who's now ninth in the world like, he's better than jordan spieth which like people are kind of like whoa what's this Sam Burns is he's here and he's here to stay. And, and I think he'll most certainly find his way um, up some leaderboards. Also with Burns's year, I saw um, Lee Hotsberg uh, tweeted about it. The parody this year, the guys coming into the season in the top 10 of the PGA, uh, PGA official world golf rankings, only two guys have victories this year. One of them is John Rahm and the other one um, is Jordan Spieth. No one else outside of, of course, like Cantlay and Shoffley did technically have that, that dual win. That doesn't necessarily apply. We're going Australia play. So the parody in the PGA here, Sam Burns at this point last year was the 150th best player in the world. He's now ninth. So Sam Burns mm -hmm. is certainly um, here to play. Speaking of Colonial, getting getting some more of those headlines out of the way, my, my wallet um, took a major beating, uh, largely because of one guy's back nine, Harold Varner III, going at the turn on Sunday, tied for first in the lead, which with, uh, with Scotty Scheffler, Neck and neck, Davis Riley was making a good push. Brandon Todd was out there. Scott Stallings was there as well. Of course, Sam Burns had a seven under day to win. But where Sam Burns went seven under for, for 18, Harold Varner managed to go seven over in only nine holes when triple bogey, double bogey, triple bogey, par, double bogey, birdie to end his day. Um, I had him for a $5 bet on Thursday. Took him like literally before, before all this happened. Um, I believe it was a plus 45. 4,500. Uh, so bet five to win about 270, 280. And unfortunately, it came crashing down to oblivion. How can you not talk about Colonial without Harold Varner III's monumental collapse? John, what do you have to say about it? What are your thoughts? And 
as a as somebody who obviously you and I are not uh, scratch golfers, but as someone who, for me for me at least, um, sometimes have the tendency to blow up uh, and have these awful string of holes. How do you think uh, he's kind of taking this mentally now? Um, mentally, I, th- I think he's fine. I, I don't I don't think there's going to be any big issues moving forward for for Howard Varner. Um, yeah, he played. I don't, I'm not going to say he played like one of us because he probably played better than we would have played, to be honest. But he played. He he didn't. He, he knows he didn't play his best, and and he uh, he could he could he could have done a lot better. I think that's definitely not the last we've seen of him in a purple shirt. Um, and if and in a and a final few pairings on Sunday, he's going to be sticking around. Um, I believe purple is his color. Like that's like every time I see I him, on is, time, yeah. I'm like ninety percent sure. Um, so correct me on that if I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, I, I, it wasn't, it was, it, you obviously you feel for the guy. Um, but I, I, I don't think it's, it's going to hinder him moving forward. Um, if anything, I, I was watching him on Sunday and I, I've always known he had, he's had like a strange stiff swing or, and I, I kind of can't put my finger on it. Um, I don't want to look at his swing though and analyze it or anything like that. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a, an effective swing, and I like how his finish, um, and he he gets a lot out of the ball. Um, but yeah, it's a str- it's a strange swing because he swings very similarly with it with his short irons um, as he does with his his longer clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not sure how he dials in those wedges, but um, that's my that's those are the only thoughts that I have on Harold Warner and his collapse this weekend. Yeah, I I was really upset. Uh, I was riding him high. I could have cashed out uh, on my sports book at about $100. I said, you know what? I'm going to ride it out. I'm going to see what happens. Once Davis Riley had like a, had like five minutes of fame, he took the lead. I was like, ah, maybe I should pull out. And then I was like, nah, screw it. And then I, then I went for a boat ride and to come back. And his was just absolutely um, in the dookie and finished with a final round 78 going seven over on the back nine alone. So – Unfortunate stuff there for HV3. He's certainly due for a win at some point. I think he'll have a couple more moments uh, so far this year. This past week, the course fit him perfectly. I think he'll certainly be able to find find another one pretty soon. We're here with our Charles Schwab Challenge recap. Uh, about 20 minutes, we're going to be uh, discussing all things uh, the Memorial Tournament this week, one of the best tournaments of the year. Before that, John, talk about the guys who surprised you uh, at Colonial. I mentioned a few names who probably uh, – Davis Riley, no no pro win, but finished around thirteen. Uh, finished around um, thirteen under at one juncture. He finished eight eight under for the uh, for the week. Brendan Todd, a name who about three or four years ago you might have seen him on a few leaderboards, sort of fell off, has sort of made a resurgence. Scott Stallings, I guess arms are tree trunks. Uh, who surprised you the most this week at the Charles Schwab? Um, the most that's tough. I, I have four guys that or three guys that surprised me. The first being Davis Riley who has now, I believe, five top 15 finishes in a row in his last March, which is absolutely insane. Um, he's going to be somebody that to, to look out for this year. Um, and I have a feeling down the road as well. I don't, I don't think, I don't think his, uh, his career is any close to stopping the, the big, big time incline that it's on right now. And nobody's talking about it, but Davis Riley is playing some really, really good golf and he's stringing together some real good finishes. And that's, that's surprising me. I'm sure it surprised everybody. Um, but yeah, it, it'll, it'll be fun to watch his game more and get to get to know him as a player um, and a person 
on the course. Uh, Tony Finau and Pat Reed, two guys who struggled to kind of put together any good any good placements um, early on this season. Both of them coming with inside the top ten. I like what I saw from those guys. Could be something they could build momentum on. Um, the next guy, he didn't surprise me whatsoever, but it may have surprised some other people out there. Mito Pereira, another top 10 finish, um, playing some really, really good golf. Um, also could be a play guy that you might want to look at this week. Um, probably fits the course as well as you possibly could think of. Um, as I, yeah, I, I wouldn't say he fits the course better than anyone out there, but probably definitely in the top 5 to 10 range for sure. Um yeah, that's about that's about all I got. That's about all I got. Um, I have one guy who surprised me, and I I shouldn't say surprised me because because I, I for about five minutes I debated. All right, the odds are so good. Should I take it? And obviously everything everything's kind of related to betting uh, in my eyes. But Justin Thomas to miss the cut was like plus nine hundred. And I was looking at it, and I'm like, it's like a trap card almost. Like, I, like, do you take it because the odds are really good? You could put down a little ten dollar bet and make almost hundred dollars. I was like, yeah, I don't really know. And then, of course, he goes out there uh, and, and misses the cut. Some some will call it major hangover. It happens to the best of us. It happened to Phil last year after the PGA. Little fun fact: the last four years, the winner of the PGA has not made the cut at the following tournament that he played. So a little something uh, interesting that I didn't I didn't realize until after he had missed the cut. I think Darren Ravel was talking about it, um, which whenever Ravel says anything, I feel like an idiot. So I mean, hey, you know what? It happens. But he he was the one guy who really really surprised me the most uh, this week in terms of not playing well. Um, but guys, did we talk like how how good Patrick Reed can be um, on an off week where the guy doesn't really ha- have to play well to all of a sudden um, play great. But he's been abysmal the entire year. Um, same with Tony Finau, honestly. Two, two guys finished both uh, in the top ten this week. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out, out out on a limb here and say that Jordan Spieth kind of surprised me. He didn't play. The reason why he surprised me was he had one of those those signature backdoor top tens. He finished seventh, had a great final day. The irons looked great, but the first three days he scuffled a lot and he didn't look like like the the player that I was hoping he was last week at the PGA. He didn't look like the guy who I wanted him to be you know, weeks ago with the Valero. He, 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 he's so like on and off hot and cold. I don't, don't, I don't know how to like get a read uh, on what Jordan speed has been like. So that's, those are two guys who really um, this week, John getting past uh, colonials and final thoughts here. Um, we have to take a look now at the FedEx cup standings because little do you realize, and I'll start talking to, to my girlfriend about it. She's like, Oh, like what are you going to talk about today on, today on the pod? And I go, well, you probably don't realize it, but we're already 31 weeks into the PGA Tour, se- tour season. We've done events, including alternate events, and we're only 13 weeks away from the playoffs. Now, that seems like a long time because for the average sports fan football, uh, in basketball, hockey, baseball, 13 weeks is a while. You have a long time, to, long time to work with. It's almost three and a half months. But in golf, obviously, 13 only means 13 events. And there's only so many FedEx Cup points that you can – um, gather up and be able to go into the playoff strong and um, try and make things work. So let's take a look at the FedEx Cup standings and let's give me some names. Who who are some guys who you think really need to step up their game um, going into into these last five weeks? Obviously, there's a guys there's a guys at the top. Scotty number one, Sam Burns number two. Quite clear, 
have have two of the most wins uh, on tour this year. But who are some guys who really need, need, need to step it up now going into the final 13-week stretch, especially those guys up at the top who only really play in about 20% of the PGA events? Uh, who needs to show out in order to get into that, into that one top 125, top 50, and be able to uh, work their way towards the core championship of the East Lake? Mm-hmm. I, I do, Steve, I do love how – I think we did this last season. We, we took a look ahead – um, and kind of track guys in for I, maybe we're a little uh, later than we are doing it right now, but I think it's a good thing that we're doing this early. Um, but to get started and get into this, um, some of the guys, I think, I think Harry Higgs has a good shot. I think he would like to be a little bit higher than than where he is right now. And he definitely can. He's got the time to do it, um, play him well. He, he, I, I know he likes some of the courses later towards the back end of the PGA Tour schedule, he's usually hanging around um, in the top top 30s and 20s in some of those events. Um, Bubba Watson, uh, is he hurt, Steve? What do I yeah, so, so Bubba will be out for the next four to six weeks with, uh, with a lower body injury. I think it's so that's going to be tough for so him. He's, um, yeah, he's, I'm not going to say he's out of it, but I think he's currently in like the 160s right now. Not looking so great. 140, 147. Yeah, not not looking great right now for uh for Bubba. Yeah, you know, you know I, who, who's sorry. I'm, I'm gonna I'm cutting you off here, but there there's one big one. There's one really big name that's yeah. I I, I think you and I are both looking at it. Louis Uste is in right now is 160th yeah. in the world, and that kind of freaks me out. Only only has a 160 FedEx Cup points. I'm, I'm trying to find his like. His like results because I don't think he's played in the tournament since the since the Masters or he played in the PGA. But yeah, look at this. So so far this year, Louis played in the Shriners, the, the CJ, the RSM, the Phoenix Open, the Honda Classic, the Players, the Valspar, the Masters, the Masters, and the PGA. Uh, ever since the the waste management when he finished 14th, he has not finished any better better than 30th, and he and he he wound up withdrawing from the Masters um, after after round one. Has not played well at all, uh, which is surprising for a guy who last year I'm pretty sure finished runner-up in three out of four majors. So not to the characteristic of Louis Ustase and some other names right next to him. Uh, Garrett Kigo, we saw him making a push at, at the playoff last year. Brent Snedeker, a, a good veteran who's, who's falling off um, well and far below what he's capable of. And then, of course, you have the guys who are um, currently on the fence to join the uh, – the LIV Golf League, you have uh, Lee Westwood, Ian Poulter. They're they're all down there um, in the dumps. And, of course, Bryson DeChambeau is probably the biggest name uh, on the list. And, and, and Harris English, two guys who have not played almost whatsoever the entire year. Um, they've only got a collective 70, 72 FedEx Cup points between the two of them. So very well might be seeing two guys that we saw uh, at Eastlake. They will not be uh, making making a appearance. Bryson, we still don't really know what his deal is. He committed to play this week. Uh, at Murfield Village at Jack's place, but uh, as of right now, we, we don't really know. We don't know, Steve. We don't. Any other comments on on some guys we're looking out for? No. No. I hope, I hope that that none of them make the FedEx Cup. I hope that Tiger makes the FedEx Cup. I hope they. I hope Tiger makes the FedEx Cup. That's that's all. Yeah, it, in a very very far and away alternate reality, will Tiger Woods make the FedEx Cup? May have to win a few events uh, in order to get there. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to break down the Memorial Tournament following Memorial Day weekend. Jack's Place, one of the best tournaments of the year, one of the strongest fields uh, on any PGA Tour calendar. 
You're listening to Get in the Hole here in the Underground. The Get in the Hole podcast is sponsored by Tomahawk Shades, the best eyewear in the game. Tomahawk Shades is making sure that when you tee off on hole number one, your eyes are well protected from the sun as soon as you hit hole 18. Tomahawk Shades founded by two brothers on Long Island to make sure that you're getting a quality product for an affordable price and not spending an entire two weeks paycheck on one pair of sunglasses and you're looking styling and profiling on the golf course. And say you're at home watching the PGA Tour, they got the blue light plus glasses to protect your eyes from those violent blue lights that come from your TV. Go to TomahawkShades.com right now, fill up your cart for the golf season, get the sunglasses, the blue light plus glasses, and anything else you need while you're out on the course so that you look the best and you can live up to the look good, feel good, play good moniker that we live by here in the underground. And when you go to check out, Use our code USP for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com and all orders qualify for free domestic shipping. That's TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP for 25% off your order and all orders qualify for free domestic shipping. Big thank you to Tomahawk Shades for sponsoring the Get in the Hole podcast. Welcome back in to Get in the Hole. Steve and John here on a awesome Tuesday in the world of golf. The Memorial Golf Tournament down in Dublin, Ohio, Murrayfield Village, Jack's Place. Jack Nicholas designed this course specifically for one of the best golf courses in the country and for one of the best tournaments in the entire world. And, of course, we are here this week. The Memorial has one of the strongest strengths, strength of fields in any event. I, I have some, some notes here before we get into this. That just it, it almost makes it perfect that this is Jack Nicholas's course, and they call Jack, of course, and it shows why people want to win here. Since 2018, there has not there has been on average the, the chance to win has been below 0.1%. Outside of majors and the players and those like super big tournaments, mostly those those four, um, those five plus occasionally the DWGCs. The Memorial ranks as the hardest course to play at and also the, the, the hardest strength of field, meaning that the 144 players in the field are the best 144 players in the world. We're going to have the biggest names in golf on, on the course this week, John Rahm, Patrick Cantlay, Roy McIlroy, you name them. And, of course, Scotty Scheffler will all be there. They'll be in attendance this week at the Memorial Tournament. John, let's talk about some uh, some course confidential. We're going to Jacksonville for – Murrayfield Village. We talked about it last year. This is one of the big courses that, that we talked about in the first few weeks of our show. Um, it's a real hardcore second shot golf course. But what do you have to say for Murrayfield Village as we head to the Memorial this week? Yeah, this course is the closest thing that we uh, get to major championship style golf. Um, that's not major championship style golf um, during the PGA Tour season. And it's, it's a treat for us. The viewers, um, but these guys, they they somehow they find a way to shoot low um, here despite the difficulty. Um, seventy five hundred yards, par seventy two course. Um, the grass is a mix of bent grass and Paulana greens as well. Um, I'm trying to think, it's it sets it sets up pretty difficult for players who have a weakness in their game, like we were talking about a little bit earlier. 
Um, you really have to be good off the tee. Um, you can call a second shot course if you want to. And the other yeah, priority is definitely um, on the second shot. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, it really takes concentration from tee to green and it takes a lot of focus from these players. And I think that's the main thing that they talk about when they, when they refer to this course, it's focus, um, from, from start to finish, um, of each hole, uh, of the, each round, um, and of the whole entire tournament. Um, the greens, the greens are lightning quick. I don't know what the weather is supposed to be like, um, this week. We could check that out. I'm sure Steve, you're on that right now. I can see that. Good man. Um, yeah, the greens are lightning quick. Um, the challenge arrives once you get to the green, um, and it's there off the tee as well because that rough is extremely penalizing. Uh, however, however, I will I will say that the the guys that manage to play the best at this course are really good ball strikers, and they really don't have to sweat the tee to green stuff as much because they're such good ball strikers. Um, the reason the approach is, is so paramount at this course um, is, is the bunkers and, and the, um, the rough around the green, nothing's too penalizing there. Um, but yeah, you'd really have really small landing spots and really, really small um, places that you, you have to aim at. And if you miss, you leave yourself with either a difficult putt or a difficult look at the look at the green, or um, a difficult chip or sand shot. Um, so I would I, I would I would put a, I would put an emphasis on scrambling at this course as well, because for some of these guys who aren't um, either elite iron players or, or maybe they are elite iron players but they're not having their best week, they're gonna have to get up and down a lot. Um, and which I guess it's not really scrambling, but just get, getting up and down if, if, if you miss a green reg, um, yeah. because green and regs are important at this place, but you could, you could, you could win without it if you putt well, um, and you get on the green. There was one other thing I wanted to say. Oh yeah. A lot of long par fours at this place. So many long par fours, which gives the longer players a little bit of an advantage when it comes down to that. Um, I would, I would, I would expect, I would expect um a lot of longer hitters to have success at this place you don't have to be the longest hitter you saw pat canley win here last year um really it was john rom win but whatever um but yeah that that's the type of success like pat canley isn't known to be a bomber but he gets the ball down there so he's gonna have a little bit of an advantage yeah so there's a few points that that i want to um expand on for, uh, on your end first of all weather reports right now um today was a um, inexplicably hot day across America. It was like 91 degrees. Um, it, won't, it won't let up. It's going to be around 87 tomorrow on Wednesday, but there will be nighttime showers, about uh, 80, 80% chance of thunderstorms carrying its way into Thursday. So you'll see some wet conditions um, early on Thursday and into the afternoon. So really everyone's going to have a, have a pretty good advantage on Thursday, being able to uh, get the ball to sit down well. But rest of the week, Friday through Sunday, roughly highs of 77. 78 and then lows of around 56 so it'll be a little dewy in the morning it'll be uh pretty good for a lot of guys in the morning but as the day goes on and the uh grass softens the grass the grass stiffens up it's going to get get more and more difficult so i'm looking for guys this week if you are have your rounds in the morning you're going to certainly be be much better off than those in the afternoon that's just simply how it is for the most part on the pga i i, I have to find, find the number uh on Guys who win with having 
early tea times on Thursday and Friday because I feel like it, 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 it semi-correlates. But I want to expand on a few of the small things that, that you pointed out. Um, who else to talk about this course better than Jack Nicklaus? I, I, was at, I was at lunch today, and I was like, you know what? I kind of want to do some prep here. So I found a video of Jack Nicklaus going over his own golf course. So I'm literally going to be, 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 be reading quotes um, straight from the horse's mouth. In 2020, there was uh, after the COVID restart, they had back-to-back events here. Immediately following those events, they basically tore down, tore down the entire golf course. Jack wanted to redesign the whole thing, make it brand new, and finally make it to his final vision. Uh, he bought on some of the best architects in the game, and he managed to conjure up what is now the current uh, Murrayfield Village that we saw last year and, and into this year. This is what Jack said, literally word for word. This course is the epitome of a second shot golf course. Fairways are fairways are rather, are rather wide open, rough, incredibly penalizing. You want to be accurate off the tee, but also be able to hit it far enough to have a good second shot into the green. The average green size, this is according to Data Golf, is 64% smaller than every other green on the PGA Tour. Matches up pretty close to places like Pebble Beach and uh, and and the American Express out in Chula Vista. So. Very small greens. Uh, approach shots going to be uh, going to be paramount. It's almost the perfect combination of ball striking and stroking and approach, according to Jack. And he said that 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 was the one thing he was the best at during his career. So why not make a golf course that literally makes you have to that forces you into exactly what Jack loved to do the most? Um, unfortunately, Jack doesn't hold the uh, the course record at, at his own golf course. That belongs to Patrick Cantlay. But at the same time, uh, it's he wanted to design a course. That would fit towards what his game was, and obviously there's no one like Jack uh, outside of guys like Tiger and Arnold. So it certainly is second shot golf course approach games really is really important. This course is interesting too. Like I had mentioned, the rough is very penalizing. So while the fairways are pretty wide open, um, you can kind of afford to be a little uh, wayward. But once you hit the rough, you're actually a stroke and a half uh, worse than if you were on the fairway. The only three golf courses in the last 40 years that are worse than that or were harder than that was the U.S. Open at Wingfoot and the Arnold Palmer this year. So very challenging, rough, very penalizing. They've grown it out substantially over the last week and a half to really get things going. So some numbers here that, that I'll be uh, looking at as we kind of get into our keys here to winning at the Memorial. It's approach, of course, paramount number one. Strokes game breaking. Like you had said, not necessarily – uh, Strolsky scrambling, but more so just Strolsky around the green, being able to, if you do miss, be able to get the up and downs. Um, the up and down statistic obviously matters here, which is why a lot of people have Victor Hovland very high up on their board, a guy who's very good at getting up and down despite his scrambling ability being so lackluster. Obviously, he, as he said himself, my shipping sucks. So there are there are a lot of ways to win here, uh, and. You could technically ball strike your way to a win. Um, Jack said that he specifically made the made the greens a little bit um, more flat and more uh, more able to putt because it's so fast uh, on those greens. The lightning fast bent grass obviously is what a lot of guys are, are used to down south. Uh, but Jack decided to bring it all the way up to Dublin, Ohio, to create to create uh, this masterful course. So stroke scheme putting isn't necessarily important. You could very well ball strike your way to a win. We saw Will Zalatoris do that uh, at Southern Hills, where he didn't necessarily have to ha- have the best putter on the planet. He just happened to lead the lead, lead the uh, the category in short game putting. <coughs> Excuse me. So those are really the big the big things: driving accuracy, driving distance is pretty good if you got it. Uh, and like you said, the, those par fours are long, long four hundred to four hundred fifty yard par fours uh, throughout the course. Certainly have to make way around those and be able to play um, your long irons pretty well. So my more 
let's take a look at some of the guys who are going to be in the field this week. Guys who are going who are going to have to make a big difference. Who are guys who played this past week or at the PGA who we think will be able to make a big jump towards that win as we get you prepped for our beer money that will be coming up in about 15 minutes on the other side. John, give me some names, some guys this week in the field that you're looking out for whose game fits this course perfectly. Obviously, we have the strongest field uh, on the PGA Tour this year outside of the majors. A lot of studs, a lot of really big-time guys. We've seen a lot of these great players win in the past. Obviously, can't lay us two wins here. John Rahm should have had the win last year. Obviously, COVID screwed him over. Uh, and a bunch of other guys have, been, have played significantly well. And we have some really good names uh, this week in the field. So give me some guys who are who you're looking at this week to translate some success from either Southern Hills or from uh, from Colonial, two courses that obviously mirror each other, into this week. Yeah, the courses definitely, definitely do mirror each other. Really, really similar, testing all areas of the game. Um, there's there's a lot of players that, that this fits. Um, but there's a couple of players that – stand out a little more so than others i would say victor hovland is one of them um just just going not not this is not in any particular order folks victor hovland is one of them um like you said the around the greens is definitely a concern and he hasn't been playing his best golf as of late we haven't really seen the victor hovland that we saw at the beginning of the season and prior to the season when he was winning events um uh, outside of the pga tour um that doesn't mean that he can't turn it around, but I'm I'm just saying I'm a little weary. That's all. Um, I would include Will Zalatoris as another guy who is on, I'm on the fence about, but he definitely does fit the course due to his ball striking ability um, and how he's getting a little bit more confident with the putter and around the greens. Um, you would have to look up his bent grass statistics uh, or pull on bent grass statistics before you. Uh, try to put any money on him that's what i would do um but yeah he's one he's one of the guys i think joaquin neiman um is another guy t to green player um and then another chilean of course Mito Pereira. um i think he could have a lot of success um this this weekend even though it is his third event in a row um yeah, I'm, I, he might he might be in my picks. He might be in my picks. We'll we'll see. Um, but other than that, Cameron Young is another guy um, who I could I could I could see him potentially winning this event as his first career win. Um, and I know that's definitely a, a, a big jump uh, for for a guy like Cameron Young. But let's not forget he almost he almost won a couple of weeks ago, and he could it could have very easily been his title. So I, I don't think that's that far, that's that that is that far fetched. Um, other than that, uh, of course, you have the Roms, McElroys, and Patrick Cantleys of the world. Um, that that you know that they can win at any course, but especially this one because of their God given talent uh, and their ability to. And we all, we also have. Uh, sorry, somebody just screamed in my house. I don't know what that was. Um, no where, where was I? But yeah, the, these guys have, have won have won here before. They know that they have the ability um, to play as well as they need to in order to win an event at this course. And every single person I've mentioned is is, is a good putter, a good iron player, and an accurate driver. Um, so that's 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 the formula. Basically, be a perfect golfer. Um, and a lot of these guys are on the PGA Tour for that freaking reason. 
Yeah, I mean, like, there's a lot of names who, who stand out, obviously, with this field, this stat. Uh, it's pretty hard to kind of draw straws without finding correlation to guys you might, guys you might maybe picking on. I mean, it, it's is it far-fetched to say that John Rahm just kind of fits the course the best? I mean, the guy the guy had a six-stroke lead last year, and that was even when Colin Morikawa was playing his best golf. Hasn't really played it as of late. Guy looks like he's never yeah. – like he hasn't even seen a putter uh, in months. Victor Hovland isn't playing his best golf. Cantlay has not, has, hasn't necessarily played his absolute peak. Shawfly hasn't played at that peak. No one's really played at that elite level outside of, really, Cameron Smith, Scotty Scheffler, and Sam Burns. So to say that John Rahm is, fits, the, fits the court perfectly is, is almost an understatement. He's that good. Um, and I think he'll be, certainly be a name that you're going to want to see. I think Joaquin Neiman fits, fits it perfectly. Um, Cameron Young, I am in love with this kid. Uh, I, I cannot get, get enough of get enough of, of Cameron Young. I think he's absolutely incredible. He'll be a guy that I'll be looking at for. He'll certainly be uh, more than likely in the picks. And honestly, Wolves Alatoris, why not? The fact that he was able to ball strike his way to a second place finish at Southern Hills when everyone said that he wouldn't be able to do it, he did it. You go to, to Colonial, he played fine. He did what he had to do. Um, up to this. Again, Murfield Village kind of kind of – Fits these courses well enough. They aren't, of course, Perry Perry Maxwell design, so they aren't similar in, in that sense. But the last three weeks, each course kind of fits fits its own way. And this is the first event, obviously, um, on the north side of the USA, as opposed to like the last seven seven or eight weeks that that, that they've played um, down south, Texas, Florida, Mexico. So this is really the first time that that they're getting into that swing uh, in the north. But still, it, it's rather windy, but it's still hot. I think Murderfield Village is a pretty good opportunity for a guy like Cameron Young to really to really thrive here. And Will Zalatoris is again, he can ball strike his way to a win here. Obviously, scores wind up around 14, 15 under. And there's been a very eclectic group of winners. Uh even over the over just the last five years. Will McGirt, Justin, Jason Duffner, Bryson, the year he put on like 85,000 pounds. Can't lay uh like the list kind of goes on. Why can't Will Zalatoris, who hits the ball, the, the ball the third farthest on tour, and is probably the best ball striker right now in the field, uh, with with relation to Rom Cantlay, um, Morikawa, JT, and Scotty Scheffler? Why can't he possibly uh, make a run here? I think Will Zalatoris is a is a great play. Um, again, so many guys to pick from. Not really a, a lot of time to go over it. We have to get into some pickup plays. Brought to you. Sorry, prop plays. Brought to you by our friends over at Pickup. Go online to play Pickup. Sign up with your phone number and get betting today on all of the best prop bets. You can find all these bets that we'll be making this week on on at Play Pickup. John, we're going to start with a with a match play, and it fits it perfectly. It's the revenge tour for John Rom. He's going to go up against Patrick Cantlay. He's literally on every sports book. Rom versus Cantlay. It's like a David Goliath kind of situation. Obviously, we already know the story. John Rom six strokes up at uh, going in, going into Sunday at Murfreesboro last year. Had COVID, didn't let him play alone. Patrick Cantlay and Colin Morikawa surged up the leaderboard and took a win at Jack's place. What do you say, Cantlay or Rombo? Who's playing better this week? Yeah, I'm 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 seeing eye to eye with you again here. I think I think Rom is definitely the the player that. I would I would put atop the list for the guys that I would be most confident. In. Even though we haven't we haven't seen elite John Rahm, we also haven't seen elite Patrick Hanley in in, in, a, in a minute. Um, but those they're, they're still the, the same the same player. 
Um, I, I expect the best from both the guys this week. Don't know if we're going to get it. But if we do get their best and they both give it their best, I'm still going to take John Rahm. Um, it's, 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 it's tough. It's tough not to. It really, really is tough not to after he blew out the field last season. Um, but what was, was it? Six or eight strokes. I forget what it was when he six strokes, six strokes. Yeah. yeah. Could have, could have easily been more than that. His tournament to lose. Um, yeah. For all the reasons that you said previously and that it's, it's my opinion, it's John Rahm. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to firmly agree with you and I'll talk more about John Rahm during beer money. Uh, but Let's put it this way. John Rahm is second in the field this week in par four scoring over 450 yards. He's gained 18 strokes in his last 20 over six events. Pretty damn impressive. He's number one in strokes gained ball striking. This guy's gaining 47 and a half strokes ball striking in his last six rounds, six events. That's ridiculous. Like ridiculous. Also, it kind of helps that he basically bludgeoned uh, the whole field down in Mexico to death when he won by like, 18 strokes so like that happens it's probably a little bloated but at the same time he's still there and then talking about jack nicholas designs who's one and two in the field this week can't lay in rom and it's like a one stroke difference so they're basically the same player but john rom just had had the better form can't lay's one win this year came sort of sort of on the back of xander softlay at the zurich so i'm gonna roll with john rom he had his tune-up he had his one win now he's going to get to get to prove it against the big time field and John Rahm's been, regardless of him not getting a win and him like not being in like the form of a world number two, um, he's still one of the best players in the world. So, so you, there's literally no denying it. I'm going to go with John Rahm with you on that one. We talked Victor Hovland has not has not played his best golf. Uh, obviously, since winning the Hero World Challenge and Mayakoba back-to-back weeks, has not finished anywhere better than 30th in his last six events, plus two missed cuts. So Victor Hovland top 20. He literally has not placed top 20 since the players. What do you think this week in a loaded field? I'm going to say outside of the top 20 um, for Victor Hovland, that's 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 the that's the, not only the trend, but I think it's just it's just the safe the safe play. And I, I'm going to root for Victor Hovland this weekend, and it wouldn't surprise me. Um, I think I picked him to win last week just because it was like one of those oddball plays where you know you you pick you pick a winner who is a little bit unexpected but could easily win if they have a good week. Um, yeah, fit the course last week is going to fit the course this week, like we talked about. But um, if 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 I was going to put money on, I would I would definitely say outside of the top twenty. Although I could see him winning the event uh, by the time Sunday afternoon rolls around. Yeah, it's going to be a hot take, but um, I, I I screwed up last week not taking JT to miss the cut. Uh, Hoblin's currently minus four ten to make the cut. I can only imagine what he is to miss the cut. I actually might take Victor, Victor Hovland to miss the cut with how loaded this field is and how some players are playing. If Victor Hovland g- gets a little wayward, his driver is a little off, he finds the rough, he can't get those up and downs, we might be seeing a five-over uh, round one for a guy like Victor Hovland. So I'm a little concerned there. For a top 20 for Hovland, I'll certainly go go outside. I might even go as far to say he'll miss the cut. Top Englishman slash Irishman this week. There are four guys in the top 10 uh, in odds. Roy McIlroy. Shane Lowry, and of course, the ugly motherfucker, Matthew Fitzpatrick. Who will finish this week as the top English or Irishman this week at the Memorial? That's tough. The easy answer is definitely Rory McIlroy. Um, Fitzpatrick has been playing some good golf, though, and I'm definitely not going to rule out Lowry either. Um, I'm going to go... 
I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stay away from Rory and I'm gonna go with Fitzpatrick. I'm gonna join you on join you on that as well. Finished third here last year, solo third, uh, obviously behind Colin and Cantlay. Yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, he does have a very very good history. Short short, but successful history at Merrifield Village. And, and honestly, like we talk about it a lot with like Will Zalatoris and Davis Riley and Cameron Young and Matt Fitzpatrick kind of fits in it. It isn't a matter of uh, of if; it's more a matter of when he, he's going to get his first win. Um, and all of these guys, I, like you can go into any any week on the PGA Tour calendar. Obviously, Zalatoris is the reason is the the one guy here that like every week you take top ten, and, and like there's some sort of logical explanation as to why. Um, mm. I can simply see Matt, Matt Fitzpatrick dominating this golf course, and I feel like every single one of the guys that I mentioned will get their first win at like a premier golf course. It won't be a matter of like winning it at like the John Deere, but they'll win one at the Waste Management. They'll win one at the Genesis. Someone's going to get something here, here at the Village. It's just it's, it's how these things play out. I'm going to certainly go with Fitzpatrick. Rory's still kind of on the fence with me. I'm still not really in love with them. Um, but again, those backdoor top fives are always a killer for uh, for, for Rory. Even though the one time I time I picked it, it didn't even happen. So. I'm going to roll Fitzpatrick here here uh, this week on that one. But Shane Lowry also, um, don't count him out. He's finished, I think, top 25 in, what, six straight events? Something, like, absolutely ridiculous. And in big-time events, he has 16 straight top 25s. So between majors and, and big-time golf, golf tournaments, uh, Shane Lowry is certainly up there. Now, I eliminated what I was originally putting on here, uh, and I found these three, um, three bets that you could find on the Sportsbook in Blue uh, that you and I both use. But I want to ask you, would you bet these? And the odds are like insane. For some tournaments like this, you find like tournament specials, like like really weird prop bets that like don't seem like like they seem almost ridiculous to the point like why would I bet these? But some of them actually kind of kind of make sense. So I picked three out that I might actually throw down. Um, and I'm debating here. The first one, any four of these five players to finish top twenty. It's currently plus five hundred. Cameron Smith. Xander Schauffele, Cameron Young, Max Homa, and Shane Lowry. Would you bet at plus 500 for any four of those to place top 20? Yeah, plus 500? Well, so, so four of the five need, need to place top 20. Oh, four of the five need to place top yeah. 20. No. That's, no. that's a donation. All right. Any three, so three of these four guys to finish top 10 plus 1,000. John Rahm, Xander Schauffele, Colin Morikawa, and Victor Hovland. What was that top what? Ten. That's also a donation. All right. This is the one bet that I made that I'm actually pretty confident in because, again, the the, the concept of the revenge tour makes sense. Plus 9,000. John Rahm and Patrick Cantlay to finish first and second, either order, whatever it is. They just got to finish first and second. I like that one. That one's that one's probably the best value you're that's gonna juicy. get. That's plus that's nine thousand. That's juice. I kind of like really it. Good value. I had a free bet from a from a um a no sweat like home runs bet, and uh, I, I I put the five bucks down and I said, you know what? Let's see what happens. If it's a donation, it's a donation. But I would rather spend five dollars on the chance to win four hundred dollars than like to buy five dollars and like and, like scratch offs. I agree. Yeah, right. Makes sense to me. All right. That's the end of the prop bets here. 
brought to you by our friends over at Pickup. We're going to take another short break. When we come back, it's our favorite segment. We're going to get we're going to get into the nitty-gritty, the real betting stuff. It's beer money time here on Underground Sports Philadelphia's Get in the Hole podcast. Stephen John here. We'll be right back. Don't t- t- do not words. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer, upper 90. You already know. You already know. I think that's how it always goes. like 45 minutes and we're at like Chelsea. (laughs) What are we doing? Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I am Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Hey, it's Top Ben's time. What's up? We're back. Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week, and it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. We all know the traditional big four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey. Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Welcome back to Get in the Hole, John. It is time for Beer Money, brought to you by our friends over at Kenwood Beer, Philadelphia's number one light beer. Grab a Kenny. Let's get rolling. Top 20 in the loaded field at Jack's Place. Who do you got to start off the bet slip? My top 20 is a guy that everybody thought his career was over, not more than a week ago. Mito Pereira is uh, is going to be my top 20 pick. Yeah. Um, you, and every, you and everybody else thought that this guy was just going to be mentally messed up for the rest of his life. Like, I don't know what the <laughs> hell you guys were thinking. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I really don't, I really, really don't know um, what was going through everyone's minds a week ago 
with the uh, amount of crazy, crazy accusations that were made about this young man's golf career for the next uh, 10, 20 years. But Mito Pereira, he's going to come in the top 20 this week and make me some money. He's going to make you some money. So, uh, yeah, lock that in. There's a reason why uh, I run a mediocre podcast and Mito Pereira is playing on the PGA Tour. <laughs> My top 20 this week is going to be Max Homa at plus 170. And to, to kind of preemptively um, set this up, this is my favorite betting card I've ever had. Because the field is so is so deep, not like majors, the odds aren't like great for a lot of these guys. Like like my gimme pick is a top 10 play, like plus 300. Mm. But like plus 300 in relation to like the rest of the field is like, He's like the, he's like like the fourteenth or fifteenth guy down on the board, so mm-hmm. like the odds aren't great. Uh, so, so the money isn't necessarily there in this tournament, but I think I think 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 that there's a lot of money to be had. So top twenty, Max Homa. He had a top. He had a uh, a T six here. This guy is seven top fifteens this year. Did you know that? What was that? Who? Max Homa has seven top fifteens this year. Max Homa has been playing good golf. Yes, despite being like like. Twitter's ultimate clown, like he is a great golfer this year. I'm I have been amazed with what Max Home is doing. Also, kind of growing the hair out to kind of be a little bit like Max. Like yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like yeah that. right. Yeah, yeah, like growing it thick for Max. Uh, so I'm gonna roll Max Home for plus 170 again. Uh, tied sixth here last year. He's played really well. Um, Jack's this guy below the Jets where he had his career win. Take Max here. Who's your top 10, John? I'm sorry. Um, my top ten, Steve. Sorry. Um, You're good. I was. Uh, you cut out a little bit, and I, I wasn't sure where you finished off. But I then I then I realized you threw it over to me. Um, my top ten. We're up to top ten this week. Yeah, my top ten this week. I, I was split between a couple couple guys here. Um, as I you probably were as well. Um, what what it came down to for me was simply just how, how well this guy's been playing recently um, and how well he can play at a course like this if he putts well. And that's Will Zalatoris. Um, I think he's got a good shot to make, make a run to win this event, not just um, not, not, not just come top 10. I think, I think he can win this event. Um, I think he's going to be knocking on the doors come Sunday, and I feel really, really safe about this pick because of that. You know, you like Zalatoris here. I, I like the other guy, uh, the other young stud who is yet to have a win, Cameron Young, plus 280. Um, the guy has had three finishes for show uh, in horse terms. That means finishing top three. He has three straight podium finishes. Uh, he has five this year, which is, like, ridiculous. Uh, the guy's finished top three five times. Like, he's so good. Uh, he's proven literally on this year uh and so this stud from fordham prep one of our uh our golf rivals from back in the high school days i'm gonna roll cameron young for a top 10 this week i think he's a uh, a great play i think every guy on this board that i have uh, and probably yours as well will be in contention on sunday to possibly win uh like i'm fully confident in every single one of these picks so i, I love zal you're gonna hear you're gonna hear uh, about him more from me in a little bit yeah top five john you're going to hear more from me about the, your man as well. My top five is John Rahm. Um, this one is a little bit easy for me. Um, I, I see Rahm. I don't, I, I don't know if I'm really confident in Rahm winning, just the gut, just the gut feeling kind of. Um, but I could feel confident in putting him at a top five. And I didn't 
it, it, between all the other options that I have for top five, I was kind of splitting hairs a little bit too much. So Rom's the Rom's the easy way out for for this one, and uh, easy way out could make you some money. Yeah, my uh, my top five is also a pretty easy way out. I'm going with Patrick Cantlay for, uh, plus three fifty. I mean, it's like it, it's literally one A and one B. Like, look, I could tell you right now, I guarantee you, I, like I, I have the vision in my head that you probably have Cantlay winning, and I probably have Rom winning. It's because like I feel like this is literally just what it is. Um, I so I have Cantlay plus three fifty. He's won here twice at Jack's place. Obviously, stole from John Rom, uh, but he loves this golf course. He's great on Jack Nicholas designs. He loves this place. He's a fit to win. I'll take Cantlay to the bank at, at plus 350 for a top five. Who's your gimme, Johnny boy? Um, so my gimme is going to be um sorry, I lost it. I'm trying to I'm trying to get the exact odds right for this. No problem. Um oh, they don't have top 30. What the hell? Don't they know top 30 is like my thing? Yeah, I, I don't know why a lot of these sports books don't list uh, top 30s anymore. They don't have top 30. That, okay, that's all right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go Davis Riley for a top 30. Um, yeah, I, I, I really wanted to have him in my picks this week because I, I, I don't want to miss out on this hot streak. Um, I think that he's becoming a more complete player uh, before our eyes right now, and he's he's top 100 in, in, in ball striking Top one hundred, I mean, not top one hundred. I should say, ball strike. Top one hundred in approach. Um, top one hundred in strokes gain off the tee, and top one hundred um, on the green. So that's going to be a recipe for success this week. Um, and I think top thirty is a good enough cushion for me. So I'm going to go Davis Riley's top. Davis Riley top thirty. Yeah, I, I'm going heavy this week. I'm going uh, all in. Even though I have three straight weeks where I haven't gotten a pick right, uh, I feel like this is going to be the week that I turn things around. I'm going Will Zalatoris top 10. He, he, he's the gimme. He's going to be the guy who will, um, without a doubt, place top 10 here. Um, like I said, you want a breakout win, and for a guy who, who can ball strike his way to to winning, who was who was a runner-up at the PGA, I think you find your spot. Uh, I think Zalatoris, who, who also led the field in strokes game putting at, at Southern Hills, let's just say if he manages to do the same this week at, at the Village – might be a pretty good look for a win uh, in Will Zalatoris. So I have both Cameron Young and Will Zalatoris for top 10s this week, but Zalatoris is going to be the guy that I'm putting the money on um, this week. John, it's that winter time. Who, who's, bringing, who's bringing you the big bucks? <laughs> the guy that's bringing me on a big bucks. And I was – I was Cantley was on my mind here. Um, Alz was doubling up on Rom, to be quite honest with you. Um, ended up not going either one of those. I'm going to go with Cameron Young to win this event. Wow. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's due. He's knocking on the door and he's knocking he's on the door. Deal. He's knocking on the door and he's knocking on the door hard. Um, and look, this, this, this is just an outside of the box thinking by me. Um, he, Cameron Young, he can get his first win this next week. Uh, he could get it next year. Who knows when he's going to get it. Um, but it's, it's, it my, I think it's going to come a little bit sooner rather than later for this kid. Um, he's, he's really young. You might think his breakout season is, is a year down the line. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go with it being this year though. Um, and I'm going to say that he's going to win the Memorial tournament this weekend at Muirfield village. I love that pick. I love Cameron Young. I, if they sold sports jerseys, like I'd, I'd be the first guy to buy a Cameron Young jersey. You can buy one of his uh, one of his golf shirts with an MLB logo on it, and everyone would know it's you. Everyone knows him. 
You know, I, I actually found out recently that that the MLB logo, if you have, it used to be that you had free access to every MLB park. Every what? If you if you had the MLB patch, so, so you, you were sponsored by the MLB, you have free access to every MLB park. So like anything you want to go to, you can go to it. They don't get that anymore. I think it's like it, it, it was one of those like, like benefits, but like I think something happened. I gotta look more into it, but I, okay. so I read it on uh on like Golf Digest, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very Interesting. Cool. Interesting. All right, my winner. It's the Revenge Tour. I'm going John Rom plus a thousand. Uh, the the numbers been fluctuating, so if you're so, so if you're looking to take take Rom, it's like plus eight hundred on some books. It's as high as like plus eleven hundred, somewhere like right around that like Rory range. Um, I just love John Rom this week. I'm so convinced that Rom and Cantley will finish one and two. Like I am so like hardcore involved in this bet right now that I, I it's it just seems, it seems evident to me. Um, it would be amazing to see the two guys who to see the the guy who lost because of COVID and the guy who won, and then the two guys who matched up at the FedEx Cup final at East Lake match up again on Sunday. And be in contention. I would love to see John Rom finally break through and get that win that he oh so desires against Patrick Cantlay, considering he lost both uh, to him last season. So I'm, I'm going to roll roll with, uh, with Rom here again. It's the revenge tour. I just love it. Uh, a couple of other outrights I, I want to talk to you, John, before we get going here. A couple of guys who we didn't mention, but you want, but you might still put on that outright betting card. Do you have anybody else in mind? Um. Other outrights outside of um, Cantley and Rom, not not really. I I, I don't I don't think I all the guys you mentioned. If, if if anyone wanted to sprinkle a little bit on on those guys, Mito Pereira, um, Zalatoris, uh, even Riley, some of those guys we talked about um, earlier on in the show, wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, but yeah, no, there's there's no one that really stands out to me. Uh, no one really stands out to me, and we could. We're gonna have. I have a feeling we're gonna have some guys that surprise us as much as we like our bet slips. I think we're gonna have some guys that surprise us. But yeah, I, I got, I got, I got nothing. Maybe, maybe Shane Lowry. I could see Shane Lowry winning this. Yeah, um, I have three names that I'll be that I'll be betting outright aside from Rom and uh, Lowry being one of them. I might sprinkle some money on Colin Morikawa plus nineteen hundred and mm. and Cameron Smith both at, at that plus nineteen hundred range. Cam Smith, uh, yeah, we probably should have talked about Cam Smith a little more than we did. Cam Smith just makes sense here. Uh, Colin again looks like he hasn't picked up a putter in like four months, so like I'm weary. Um, and like last year, he was so much better than he is now. I still think that there's that course knowledge matters here, and he has he has three top fives here, so I think it uh, if it fits the mold. Uh, Lowry at plus twenty two hundred is a home run if you really if, if you want to dig down, and I I keep on saying this, uh, and I'm really upset that like, like it never works, but I still love Hideki Matsuyama. Like every week, I know. Trust me, bro. I, I looked at him as well, and I thought the same exact thing. Yeah, like but. it, like Matsuyama plus twenty five, and then and then of course Matt Fitzpatrick at plus twenty eight. I do love Fitz, Fitz this week, um, but I don't think in my entire life I will, I will ever. Lift myself to to realistically pick Matt Fitzpatrick for a tournament because I hate him so much. Um, he's just so ugly. So th- those are the guys who I'll, who I'll probably take on the outright betting card. Um, I probably will take Fitzpatrick, but I'll be reluctant to admit it um, on the show here. But that, th- those are some more outrights that we'll, that we'll be looking at this week, John. Before we get going, final thoughts here. Tomorrow, the match six, 
a battle of four of the quarterbacks, Brady and Rodgers currently currently coming in right now at minus 220, as opposed to Mahomes and Allen plus 140. Any thoughts? Are you interested at all? I'm actually really interested. And I think the last time we talked about this, I don't think you were as interested as I was, but I'm still pretty interested. Um, although I don't know what time it starts at. Um, and I was planning on watching it, but if I do have something else to do, I probably will just catch the highlights or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think, it, I think this is going to be interesting and I think it makes for really good content. You know what I mean? Like I'd rather like, I'm not going to lie. Like if I was going to watch like Davis, Riley, Brennan Steele versus like, I don't know, like Mark Leishman and Sibu Kim. Um, I don't think that would make for as good content as the four, four of the best quarterbacks, active NFL quarterbacks playing a sport that uh, they could like golf, that they could play leisurely and have some competitive fun banter. Um, I would rather watch that. So I'm looking forward to it myself. Yeah. Um, I have zero interest in this. Uh, I, it, it, they're going to tee off tomorrow at six 30 Eastern time from the wind golf course in Vegas. That's where, uh, that's where Brooks and Bryson played last year. Look, I'm just not interested at all. Uh, if I wanted to watch a bunch of four to 10 handicappers go play golf, I'll, I'd go to Beth page black and just kind of sit down and just watch everyone play. Um, I'm just not interested whatsoever. If there were, if there are pros playing, that'd be great. Like I would love to once again, see a tiger woods match. I mean, even at, even at not full strength to see, I, I'd have to think who he play, but to see like the match seven, let's say like next year be tiger and Charlie versus whoever else. Like, yeah, we already have the PNC, but like, I think it'd be pretty cool to see, um, see another one of those father son matchups or even like even do maybe a pga pga versus lpga like do like the cordas versus i don't know tiger and somebody else like like, like, i think it'd be cool to do like the kind of alternate like format um but i i have zero interest in watching a bunch of four handicappers go play golf again if i wanted to do it i'd go to beth page where um where i could watch a eclectic people from scratch golfers to 30 handicaps try and take on the black and just laugh at them. So that's that's I respect I respect that. Um, but I just I just think the content there's I had there better be good content. It might it could I could very well underwhelm me, but the potential for the the content and the videos that could come from that that we might see for 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 years to come probably get a good meme or two out of it. That's 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 what puts it over the edge for me to to give it a little priority um, in, my, in my day if I if I get around to watching it tomorrow. Yeah, the one thing that I'm looking forward to, uh, if, if anything, while I'm on the train ride home tomorrow, is probably the Brady versus Barkley beef. Because obviously we saw that the second the, the first time they played. I think it'd be kind of funny to see Charles Barkley get, get in the ear again. It's one of those things. Um but outside of that, again, just no real interest there. It doesn't really uh, pique my interest whatsoever. I'd rather uh, watch watch paint dry and sip some white claws while I do it. That's going to do it all for us here over at Get In The Hole. Thank you so much for joining us this time around. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Get In The Hole Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can go find us, of course, on YouTube, like we had mentioned. Uh, just search Underground Sports Philadelphia to find us on there, of course. As I rattle off everything that I had mentioned in the intro, I will mention it again. Be sure to follow us. On our Twitter and Instagram, be sure to follow the parent company, Underground Sports Philadelphia, on Twitter and Instagram at Underground PHI, Facebook.com backslash Underground Sports PHI, and Twitch.tv backslash Underground Sports PHI. 
like, subscribe, review everything on Spotify, uh, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening. Please give us that love. And of course, we next week as we take on a pretty fun stretch of golf. We have the RBC um, Cat Canadian Open the uh, next week, and then John, right around the corner, we have some pretty big time. We have some pretty big time tournaments coming up. We have the U.S. Open right around the corner. We're only 13 weeks away from the playoffs. It seems like it's a, a like it's it's out of way, but really. We're sort of in the home stretch. We are in the home stretch. We've got a lot of good golf ahead of us. Um, and we've already had some golf, good golf we put behind us. A um, couple of playoffs, a couple of rising stars showing out in these last couple of weeks. Um, it, it's, 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 it's getting, I know we said that it was a little bit stagnant, but it's, it's picking up, it's picking up, and it's picking up quick for us, Steve. And we've enjoyed a couple of good weeks of golf. we got more, more to come, that's for sure. Back in the saddle next week. We will see you all then. But until then, I'm Steve McAvoy. That's John Mavalia. You've been listening to Get in the Hole from the Underground. Thank you for listening to the Get in the Hole podcast, a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Get in the Hole Pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Shout out to our sponsors over at Tomahawk Shades and Stateside Vodka for all their support in making underground sports your go-to place for all things sports. They get in the whole podcast hosted by Steve McAvoy and John Mavalia, releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. See you next time. Get in the hole!